for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. But without faith it is impossible to please him, For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Halgrimson. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday. It is a wonderful day here in the blistery cold Kansas uh, with a wind chill of, I believe, minus 10 at this time. Again, our website is truepatriotministries.org. There's a lot of great information on the website. I do recommend that you go and check it out. Actually, I'm going to ask you to go check it out because I like feedback. I like to know what uh, what is impacting people and what isn't. And so if you would do me the favor of jumping on truepatriotministries.org and checking out the different pages and then leave me some comments. Maybe there's some things that you would like to see more of and some things you'd like to see less of uh, or things that aren't on there at all that you'd like to see in the first place. So uh, open to recommendations. I do like to run a good a good podcast, a good website. And uh, yeah, uh, there's several pages. You can find all the podcasts there. You can find our blog page with the notes. You can also find resources There's some hotlines there that you can get a hold of. And then uh, on our Neighborhoods page, which is by far my favorite page, uh, there are different websites that you can go to for different resources. And I do recommend that page. And if you have anything you want added to that page, just let me know. And I will check it out and see if it's appropriate. And and if it is, add it to the page. Uh, It's all about making the resources readily available and letting you, the listener, know where you can find things. Uh, This podcast, this ministry is not the end all for anybody. Uh, It Hopefully, if anything, it's just the beginning because we need to grow beyond where we are, each and every one of us. And so there are those of you out there where my show, my podcast is not going to be enough to do that for you all by its lonesome. Uh, If you're anything like I am, I'm hungry for the word. I'm hungry to be fed. And uh, like I've alluded in the past, my wife and I, when we're working and doing things, we have our headphones in and we're listening to podcasts for two, three, four, you know, sometimes up to six hours a day. And uh, podcasts or audios, all of them having to do with ministry, having to do with the Lord. and, And we stay fed that way. And so... Um, on top of that, you know, I do a, a phone call with my minister, my pastor, uh, up in Washington, probably once, once a week, occasionally we'll miss a week, but you know, hour and a half, two hours. 
And, and that's good because, you know, he's my coach, my mentor, and that's, that's, uh, important for me to sustain that connection and, uh, to encourage that connection. And so, uh, I said all that to say, this show is not the end all. I'm not the end all. This ministry is not the end all. It should complement what you already have. If you're already seated in a church, planted in a church and getting, uh, good, biblical teaching and preaching, this should complement it. If you're not, and this is your main source, then there should be other things that complement this for you. And that's what that resources page is for, the neighborhoods page. And you can go on there and find other ministries that that I personally listen to and recommend. Um, And it helps out. I think you'll enjoy it. There's a lot to cover on the subject today of praise and worship. Now, I know I did, when I first started my podcast, I did one on praise and worship. Uh, But now I want to do it in a series, and I want to dive into it in a little bit more in-depth, and uh, maybe a little bit more on a personal note, too. Because we're looking at, and this is one of the things I'm studying on right now, uh, that has really grabbed a hold of my heart, I think the Lord's put it on my heart, is is the glory of God and and having a a complete understanding or a, a deep understanding what the glory of God actually is and what it does, how it affects us. And then the other is revival and they're they're connected. And we need revival in the church. And and you know it was great because on one of the phone calls with my pastor, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago, he and I talked about revival. And he hit it from the, the personal aspect, which I hadn't been thinking of personal aspect. I'd just been thinking of, you know, what I have seen or heard on other ministries about revival. And the Azusa Street Revival was one of the big ones uh, back in the early 1900s. And, and the, the corporate or the uh, body of Christ view, if you will, of revival. And he took it to a personal level. And it it just, I don't want to say it shocked me, it surprised me, but it was an aha moment because, you know, obviously it's something that begins in the individual person and it spreads like wildfire to others. And that's where we need to go. So I said all that to say that praise and worship plays into the glory of God and it plays into revival. And so we want to cover this so that we've got a portion of this secure, and then we can move forward. And uh, hopefully later this year, we'll just glide right into revival. And uh, what what I desire to see is a revival in the body of Christ just explode on the scene. I mean, it's going to take some groundwork. It's going to take some effort by all of us, pastors, ministers, preachers. Uh, whatever you call yourself, elders, deacons, ministry of helps, whatever it is, it's going to require all of us, the congregation especially. Nobody is exempt from being a part of revival. And uh, what we hope and pray for is that when revival catches on, that it is not short-lived, but that it becomes the standard. It becomes the new norm. I know on TV, uh, we've got all these left-wing 
fanatics out there who are just constantly screaming about this is the new norm. This is the new norm. Well, I'm sorry. No, if you're in the world, maybe it is, but we're not, you know, if you're of the world, I should say, maybe it is the new norm. I don't know, but I'm not of the world. See, through Jesus Christ becoming a full adopted son of God, I am in this world, but I'm not of this world. And so for me, the new normal that I expect to see coming out of this out of this year, out of this uh, decade, uh, is, is a revival in the church. My new norm is that the church of Christ is on fire and that it stays on fire and that we expect to walk into a place as Christians so on fire for the Lord that when we walk out of there, we burnt the place down. Not literally. I'm talking spiritually. We burn it down. We have consumed anything we can consume spiritually. And we have left the people who were there with a fire in themselves that they now can carry on to the people that they associate with. And so we're talking... You know, you've got the fivefold ministry. Uh, evangelism is definitely a big portion of that. But I'm talking about with revival and the inner fire going so strong that even though you're not an evangelist, and maybe you're one of those, maybe you're like me where you you uh, you just don't break into conversation super easy about Jesus. But to be so on fire, so consumed with it, that when we walk into a place, the light is so bright, the fire is so intense and so hot that they can't help but to come to you craving whatever it is that you've got. And and then that fire, you know, if you've ever had a campfire going and uh, you could just throw one log on there and it's it's like it erupts and it gets huge. And that's what we're talking about here is, is you could be that piece of, of the puzzle or that piece of the wood, if you would like to say that, or the fire that just causes the fire to erupt. And you could carry that into a place and, and it goes. And that's what we're talking about. Spiritually being able to impact people through the Word of God, through Jesus Christ, at such a rate and such an intensity that that they're drawn to us because of what's innocent on us. Not that we're going around town carrying posters that says, hey, you know, repent, um, hit your knees, or burn in the lake of fire. I got news for you guys. That doesn't motivate people. And if it does, they're short-lived. I, I haven't met anybody yet who, who became saved and stayed saved in that manner. No, we're talking about a much more responsible level by you and me having that fire stoked inside us and it being so intense that when you walk into a room, you don't have to say anything. People are automatically drawn to you and they come to you seeking whatever it is that's on you, in you, um, and, and you can just, and then you have an opportunity to witness to them. Okay. Now, obviously, if you're an evangelist, there are some awesome evangelists out there. 
some really good guys out there who do evangelism and they amaze me at what they can do. Um, I, I've never felt that call on my life and I, I've not been comfortable to evangelize the way they do. Uh, Todd White is one of them. Uh, Mario Morello, that's another. Um, but these people, they have a fire inside of them and they have the love of Christ in them and it just begs to come out. And that's what I'm talking about. We got to get that standard raised within the church of Christ. And we're not talking about denominations. Here's what I'm going to start calling the denominations. They're an organization. Okay. Because there's only one church and that's the church of Christ. And so when I look at the Baptist organization, or I look at the Methodist organization, or if I look at the Presbyterian organization or the Catholic organization, those are organizations. They are not the Church of Christ. They are not, I don't want to call them a church because it's too easy to confuse people. Well, isn't the church all the same? No, it's not. You have different organizations that make up the body of Christ. And they all serve different functions, even though they come out of the same body. And so we need to realize that. Now, is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. Honestly, the Baptist organization has strengths in areas where other organizations don't. And the same with the Presbyterian, the Methodist, and, and so on and so forth. So I'm not, I'm not putting those organizations down. What I'm telling you is I'm no longer going to call them churches or a denomination. They are an organization. And that's the way I'll refer to them. And we need the body of Christ. We need the church of Christ to be so on fire that the world just can't ignore us. Now, I want you to understand with a greater fire comes greater persecution because we freak the devil out and he's going to want to jump in there and try to stop us. But, you know, once you get established in Jesus, once you know and have your identity so locked into who you are in Christ, his, his menacing attacks are going to be just that, menacing. They're annoying. They're, uh, I don't even know if they would rate an interruption as much as a, a, a thought of, you know, that doesn't belong to me. Get off me. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Get out of here. And on with our work. Because he's not a threat to us. He's only a threat to us if we let him be a threat to us. And so once we get so locked in and established in who we are in Christ, okay, and then we, we got to grow in the Word of God. We got we to gotta get away from the milk and we got to get into, not away from, but we got to get beyond the milk and into the meat, into the real food. And we got to keep growing. This is, and this is going to take everybody in the body of Christ. Every person has a place and a part to play. And it's vital that we do this. And that's why praise and worship is so important because everybody, everybody has a part to play in praise and worship. It doesn't matter if you can sing well or not. And, and it doesn't matter um, if you're at home alone or if you're in the middle of the congregation. You need to be able to do this because it's part of what, um, how do I want to say this? Help me here, Lord. Glory to God. Well, in the corporate entity or in the, in the body of Christ, when you're in the organization, when you're in the assembly, 
in the church building, you are edifying others, other believers, your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You're edifying them. You're encouraging them. You're uplifting them through your song, through your worship, through your praise. And when you're in the home, you're you're lifting up the Lord in praise and worship. And in return, He lifts you up. He picks up your spirits. He elevates you. And it's wonderful. It really is. If you And I've said this before. If I'm in a bad mood and I'm having a hard time getting out of that bad mood, if I have the ability to get off by myself and just go straight into praise and worship, within a few minutes, I can lift myself out of that through God, but through praising God, through worshiping God. And I can get into a, a better place spiritually. And that's important. It really is. So revival is going to be a big thing. We're going to be talking a lot about revival and uh, praise and worship and how it interacts with it. Uh, So just think of your spirit as the flame of the Lord. And there are going to be times when your fuel is, uh, maybe the fuel of your fire is damp, or maybe it's it's, uh, overly dry and it goes up quick. You know, these kinds of things. So if you think on it that way, you know that's why it's so important to constantly be feeding yourself the Word of God. And uh, like I said, I use different different venues. Uh, I read from Scripture. I have certain ministers' books that I read. I have uh, music, I have certain worship music I listen to. I'm fairly particular about my worship music. And then also there are ministries that I listen to. And it, so it's important for me to, to keep that fire stoked, to keep it fed. Now, the quick way for me, like I said, there's two quick ways for me to get my fire really stoked. One is praise and worship, and the other is praying in tongues. You might be different. It may be something different for you, but you're not going to know until you try. And so let's, so let's get into this real quick. What is, let's look at the definition of praise. And today we're going to talk more on personal praise because there's some things I really want you to get locked in so that the, that you eliminate some access points for the devil, if that makes sense. I like to use the Noah Webster 1828 dictionary. One, it's not being modified and it's not biased. And they do have uh, biblical definitions in there also, which is really nice. So the definition, according to this dictionary of praise, uh, one of them is the expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred, a glorifying or extolling. Another is to extol in words or song, to magnify, to glorify on account of perfections or excellent works. I've been taught by my pastor that we praise the Lord for the things that he has done for us. And then worship is, we worship him for who he is. So praise, we praise for what he has done for us. Worship, we worship him for who he is. 
personal praise is really important. And here, I want to go over a handful of, of some of the scriptures that I've got written down. Now, well, this is, in a way, praise, okay, because I'm acknowledging things that he's doing for me. So let me show you some of these uh, or read to you a handful of these that I really like, okay? Well, John seven thirty eight. it says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Glory to God. See, I, I believe in the Lord. So this means that out of my heart, because of Jesus, out of my heart flows rivers of living water. How about this one? Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the word of God, it performs for me. It, it lights the pathway for me. 1 Timothy 6, 17. My God richly supplies me with all things to enjoy. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For I know by the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for my sake he became poor, that through his poverty I am rich. Now, I've said this before. I'll say it again. There's three things that you need to get down in your heart about Jesus and what he did for you through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. One, he, he redeemed you. He redeemed you from sin and death. He put the spirit of life back in you. When you receive Jesus Christ, you receive the spirit of life. Uh, the second thing he does is he gives you healing. By his stripes, you are healed. And that's important. That's uh, 1 Peter 2.24. As according to 2 Corinthians 8.9 right here, he took my poverty that I may be rich. And so those three things are very important for you to get down in there. Now, rich, don't get hung up on that because rich means rich in all things. Okay, rich in the spirit, rich in the soul, rich in the body. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Now, obviously, that's here on this earth, because when you, when you go to heaven, there are no needs to be met. There's no tribulation. There's no uh, persecution, those kinds of things. So anytime that you see something that doesn't fit into heaven, know that that's here in this this time in this earth, okay? And you want to make that that distinction. Let's see here, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God makes all grace abound toward me, that I, having all sufficiency in all things, have an abundance for every good work. He's telling me right here, His grace is sufficient for me and everything that I need to do for Him. Isn't that good? He's got it all locked in. Folks, I got to tell you where his plan is, his resources are. He doesn't expect you to come up with the resources. He's got them for you. We just have to learn how to access them. Here's a great one. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, for my righteousness is of the Lord. Psalm 1, 3. But whatever I do will prosper, for I'm like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. All these things come through Jesus. Because he makes us the righteousness of God. That's that free gift to us. Okay. Psalm 37, four, I delight myself in the Lord and he gives me the desires of my heart. 
and on and on and on. I've got a lot of verses written down, and these are things that through Jesus, in Jesus, because of Jesus, however you want to say it, they belong to me. And so when we praise, when we praise the Lord, and this is personal praise because I take these things personally. I receive them to myself. Glory to God. That's what I'm talking about. So, you know, who was I listening to? I was listening to Keith Moore. And he's got a great series on praise. So the life of praise, I think, is the name of the series. And it's uh, it's it's kind of lengthy, but it's well worth the listen. Now, he made a comment in there, and I just, I had to write it down because it's got to come out. And he asked in one point, are you praising the Lord or are you praising the devil? And I'll give a little context to this. When we open our mouths and things come out, we need to recognize, does that bring praise to the Lord or does that bring praise to the devil? Are we uh, murmuring? which is complaining because complaining just reinforces what the devil is trying to do in our lives. Um, that stupid car, it, I just can't keep it running. Every time I turn around, it's breaking down. I got news for you. That's praising the devil. That's just adding f- fuel to, to his fire, not yours. One of the things I like to say in, in life, life changes often and it changes rapidly. And so I don't get caught up in that. If something occurs and I I suffer a, what seems to be a loss to a normal person, I just say, glory to God, for God is my source. I thank you, Lord, that you are my source and not this thing. There's no job. There's no business. There's nothing in this earth that is a source to me other than God. And since God is my source, he has unlimited channels to get things to me. And he has unlimited resources. And so I do not fret. I do not worry over a loss or what appears to be a loss in any one area. I do not. And I give praise to the Lord and I thank him for it because I know he's got something coming. He's already got a ram in the thicket for me whenever I run into something like this. And, and it, it, uh, it always delights me. Um, a lot of times it amazes me, but it's because I'm not afraid to praise and, and, and praise him for what he does for me. Okay. And, and that's something that we need to be aware of. So are we praising him or are we giving power and praise to the devil over what he's done? Because I could simply look at that situation and go, oh man, this sucks. Now we're not going to be like make. Uh, we're not going to make our bills this month, or uh, my car broke down again. I can't take that road trip that I've already paid for. Da 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 da. You know that those kinds of things. That's that's not. That's considered murmuring, and it's giving power to to the devil. And we want to be careful about that. But this is education, you see, because until I heard Keith say it this way, I hadn't actually given. Uh, consideration to when I'm not praising the Lord, am I by default praising the devil? And so that, to me alone, I mean, 
this was a wake up call and it's like, okay, I'm definitely paying attention to uh, what I'm saying. So Terry Savelle Foy has a way of looking at things too. She made a comment and my wife started using this. When you say something, say if you're not feeling well, um, you know, my back hurts or my back always hurts. She says, follow it up with, and that's the way I want it. And when you start saying things and then you say, and that's the way I want it, what you're going to see is, no, that's not the way I want it. And so you catch yourself and you start changing the way you're saying things. And so you, you start uh, correcting your murmuring and, and that's a good thing. And then when you're saying the positive things, I mean, obviously that's giving praise to the Lord because it's through him that we do these things. So let's look at Psalm 34. I covered part of it a little earlier, um, verse 7, but I want to look through verses 1 through 3 right now. And these are always so powerful to me. And I, I just enjoy it. And it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Glory to God. That's good. That is. That's unlike that. Now here, I've got it in the Passion Translation. That was the NASB. But here, let me read it in the Passion Translation. I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you and all your works, so let's, let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. Glory to God. That's a great witness. You know, think about that. I mean, that, that just edifies. And, it, and it, it, we're talking about stoking that fire, right? That'll stoke your fire. That will stoke your fire. I, mm, 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 mm. Goodness gracious. That's so good. So I really enjoy that. And there are so many verses. I do recommend going through the Psalms. There are so many Psalms in there that just encourage and uplift. And they have uh, sections of them that, that uh, do nothing but praise the Lord. And they're one, they're great examples. Two, they just lift up the spirit when you're doing it. And, and it's such a great place. So even the most new person, the most new believer can open to the Psalms and they can start going through there and they can find things that, that connect with them and they can start praising the Lord and reading those Psalms and, and just enjoying it and getting uplifted. And it's great. And so we want to capture that and then we want to now don't just don't don't be a uh, a sedentary pond and what's that mean don't be a body of water that doesn't flow okay a body of water that doesn't flow becomes stagnant and things grow in it and on it that shouldn't okay you want to be a moving body of water and what that means is that out of your overflow you're able to bless others but in order to have overflow you've got to have more coming in than what's going out right and more coming in than what you can contain 
And that's what we're talking about here. So you have more coming in. You have a reservoir. You want to keep that reservoir full, but still have more coming in. So it's overflowing the reservoir. So it's forcing its way out so that you can help others. And that's really important. The body of Christ should not be a stay-at-home, keep-to-myself, I-read-the-word-of-God person. The body of Christ is alive, and it's active, and it brings glory to God. And that's who we are. We are a light. Okay? And and that's how we're going to reach every, we're going to reach people out there who, who are stuck in darkness and they don't see a way out. Okay? And praise and worship is going to keep us fed and keep us fired up. And then when we go see and we run into these people who are in the darkness, man, they see the joy and the peace, the love, the fruit of the spirit that's on us and that light that glows in us. And they're just going to come. I don't want to say they're just going to come running, but hey, have you, have you ever turned on a porch light and see all the bugs in the middle of the summer come flying up to the light? That's what I'm talking about. That's you. That's you and the body of Christ. When you go out into the world, that's you. You're flipping on that switch. That fire inside of you is flaming hot. It is intense. And they can't help but to be consumed with it. That's the new standard. And like I said, I don't care which religious, or excuse me, I don't care which uh, Christian organization you're a part of. It's part of your responsibility. Okay, we we need to be in this, all of us. There's no more Sunday Christians. Okay, one, I want to caution you against being a Sunday Christian because the Lord said, hey, you go into the book of Revelations, you read the whole book of Revelations. It can be a challenge, but you need to go read the whole thing because it says, I would that you were hot or cold, not lukewarm. But because you're lukewarm, I will spit you out. And, and go read the, the parable about the ten virgins and their lamps and the extra oil. Five of them had it. Five of them didn't. Jesus recognized the five with, but he didn't recognize the five without. It's, it's along the same path. You need, to, you need to know these things and understand these things just because you're born again. Okay? I don't want you to think that's the end all. That's not. That is the very, very, very initial beginning. Okay? It's about a needle width. That's how initial beginning it is. And so you need to uh, get rooted and planted in a good church, a good organization that is going to teach you and grow you and encourage you in the Word of God, and they're going to do it scripturally by the Word of God. And you can take what they teach you and you can find it in, in the Word of God we're not we're not talking about teaching and preaching and and learning things that are not biblical because you don't want to do that. You want to stick to what's in the word of God even with what I put out on this podcast. Verify it with the word of God. That's why I give you scripture. That's why I give you verses. You need to go into your word of God and you need to find it for yourself because that that word of God that's your lifeline, not me. I'm just a messenger. I, and in glory to God, he's, he's, he's allowed me to do this. And, and this is, to me, that's wonderful. Uh, any call from the Lord on my life is to be cherished. 
And so I don't take this lightly, and, and I do. I encourage you, get your Bible out and find these things in your Bible. Go to the notes, download them, print them, whatever you got to do. Copy, paste them. I don't care. The notes are not copyrighted. Guys, this is not original stuff. I may put it in my own way of speaking and writing and that kind of thing, but majority of it's scripture. And then it's teaching from multiple ministers who I've allowed to speak into my life and who I've allowed to teach me. Okay. And, and that's important. So word of God, it's yours to use. So let's talk about some great witnesses. Let's talk about, and this, I really like this one. I'm getting excited. Let's go to Acts chapter 16, and we're going to look at verses 25 through 30. And this is about Paul and Silas. Now, Paul and Silas got in trouble because they were preaching the Word of God, and they were speaking about Jesus, and they got locked up. So they're in prison. They're in jail, right? And this isn't like the jail we'd end up in. We're talking this is primitive, okay? This is Roman culture. So we're talking Acts 16, verses 25 through 30. And it reads, But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Oh, this is so good. So we're talking about midnight. They're in jail. They've been beaten, whipped, whatever. And and so, you know, they're not in the best of condition. They've been tore up. You know, as a lot of guys, it, it would say, tore up from the feet up. And and they're, they're laying there in prison. And it says they were fastened in chains. Okay, and because they were sitting there and instead of murmuring against God or murmuring about the conditions they were in, they were singing hymns of praise to God. So they were rejoicing in the Lord and they were singing to him and the prisoners were listening. This is that fire I'm talking about, folks. You got that fire that's so intense inside of you. The people around you can't help but notice. The prisoners were listening, and suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. Now, this was no earthquake. I know you're going to say, well, okay, so they had an earthquake. Uh-uh. How many earthquakes have you seen that would uh, open every door and unfasten every chain? Okay, this is a work of God here. This is not a typical, this is not an earthquake. All right, this is, it's amazing. Earthquakes just don't unlock chains. So I want you to get in there. And then the, the love of God in, in Paul's heart, when he, when he realizes that the, the guard is freaked out and about to take his own life because he thinks, you know, everybody has escaped, he stops him. 
Do you understand? He could have let him kill himself and he could have walked out of that prison free. But Paul said, no, no, that's not my kind of witness. And he stops the man from killing himself. That's the witness. That's the witness of God that you want in your life. Okay. It's just amazing. And it goes on. So uh, let's look at Romans chapter 10. Uh, verses 11 through 13. It reads, For the Scripture says, Whoever believes in Him will not be disappointed. And in Him is Jesus. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on Him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we know that Israel was the chosen nation of God. But here's that point where God says, okay, I don't care if you're, if you're Jew or you're Greek. I don't care if you're a Gentile, which is a non-Jew. You now have the same ability to become saved as they do. So I don't care who you are, what you look like, how you smell, anything like that. What's it say? It's uh, what's the requirements? Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the requirement. This is good. All right. Your faith, your faith results in praise, in glory, in honor. That's important. Build your faith up. Stay in the Word of God. Let's jump down to 1 Peter 1 7. Okay, and this this goes right to your faith. It says, So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Glory to God, that's good. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. 2 Corinthians one twenty, For as many as are the promises of God, in Him they are yes. Therefore also through Him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Praise you, Jesus. That's so good. Okay, these are things that lift you up. You start praising the Lord with these verses. You go in, the Word of God is full of the things he does for us, and it's full of his will for the church, for the body of Christ, his will for for us as believers, as individuals, and his will for our enemies. It's all in there. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Isn't that good? Every spiritual blessing. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Do you see that? He chose us in Christ to be holy and blameless before the foundation of the world. So it doesn't matter how you look at yourself in the mirror. God doesn't see you that way. He sees you holy and blameless. Glory to God. In love, 
He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. That's good. So he's got adoption in mind for you. He has sonship and daughtership in mind for you. Praise the Lord. In him we have redemption through his blood. See, there you go. Redemption right there. Glory to God. The forgiveness of our trespasses. The forgiveness of our sins. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. Think of grace as a gift. Okay? Favor. It, it's favor and it's a gift. It's free to us. Right? According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us, in all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him. That's so good. The mysteries of God are mysteries to the world, and they're mysteries to the devil and his cohorts. But to us, the beloved, the believers, the chosen, the redeemed. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Doesn't that sound good? The redeemed. Praise you, Jesus. That sounds so good. But to us, the mysteries are made known. That's why growth is important. Okay? The mysteries are made known as you grow in the Word and in the Lord. And uh, you were never meant to go through life not understanding the Word of God or His mysteries. Definitely never meant to go through life without understanding what the will of God is. And so if you find yourself in a place where you don't know what the will of God is, you need to get into the Word of God because His will is in His Word. So this is just the first First episode, and we're just really touching on this, but I want you to understand personal, a personal praise habit is important. Okay. How, uh, and the, the most basic question here, how are you going to be able to add to corporate praise if you cannot have and establish a personal praise? Now, and, and I have been guilty of this in the past, and, and there are times when I'm still guilty of this, of going in without being praised up, without being uh, lit, on fire, uh, drunk on the Holy Spirit, however you want to put it, but without bringing my portion of the anointing into the church, into that building, that assembly. Okay? I've, I've been guilty myself of coming in uh, near empty and expecting my pastor or uh, a visiting pastor or our praise and worship team or, or whatever of, of filling me up, of lifting me up and encouraging me and, and so on. When in reality, each and every one of us should be praised up. We should already be in the move of the Spirit, in, in that element already when we come into church so that our fire is already stoked. And when you get a bunch of little fires and you combine them, 
you get one huge, intense experience. And that's what we should be having in the body of Christ. One huge, intense experience. Go back and read Acts chapter 2. Okay? It said they were all in one accord. And that's when the Holy Spirit came in, sounding like a rushing wind, so on and so forth. And, and it looked like flames dancing on them or sitting on them. But go find Acts chapter 2 and read that. Okay? And, and we need to be having this in our assemblies, in our organizations. When we come together and, and praise and worship the Lord, we should be, what well, one, everybody should be participating. And, and two, we should be bringing a level of anointing in with us already so that we can uplift and encourage and increase the anointing in that assembly. Great works happen this way. Okay? You look, go back and study what Jesus did. Jesus very rarely went into a place cold and performed miracles. Okay? And when he did, it was usually because of some great act of compassion. But for the most part, he would go in and he would preach and he would teach and he would heal. But there was always preaching and teaching. Okay? Because you've got to get that fire moving. And praise and worship is a great way to do that. And so you need a personal praise lifestyle where you can go in and, and start praising the Lord about what he's done for you. And maybe it's simple things that you've experienced recently, or maybe you're just taking things out of the Word of God and going, these speak to me. I'm going to praise you for them. Glory to God. He didn't have to redeem us. He could have just wiped us out and started over. We would have never known the difference, right? Because we just wouldn't have existed. But he worked and he endeavored to get us to where we are today. And so we need to, we need to work and endeavor. Okay. Now we're not getting anywhere by works. Okay. We get things by faith, but our faith takes action in the form of works. Redemption just comes as a gift. So if you've got somebody telling you that you have to do works in order to have a personal relationship with God, you're wrong. Or they are. Excuse me. Here's what you need for a personal relationship with, with, Father God, you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the resurrected Lord and Savior. You now have the ability to have a deep, intimate fellowship with God. That's it. There's no works involved in that. What will happen? Like I alluded to Psalm 37.4 earlier, I delight myself in the Lord, and He gives me the desires of my heart. What will happen as you grow in the Lord is you'll find that your desires start becoming very similar to his. And and that's a glorious thing because your heart is starting to become in line with God's heart. And it, that's growth, people. That's growth. So if you look at a crowd of people and, and, and uh, you know, maybe somebody's mourning somebody who died and, and your heart is just so filled with compassion, it cries out for them. That's a good thing. I, I don't want to get off in that too much. Just know you need a personal praise uh, 
element to your life. Don't don't refuse it, and don't worry about your singing. I mean, I'm I'm not a singer, okay, and uh, I don't record my singing. So you know, I I'm not a recording artist. That, let's put it that way. But praise and worship, especially on a personal level, does so much for me. It is invaluable. And then when I can come into the corporate environment, okay, into the body of Christ, into the assembly, and I can add my my praise and worship and my anointing to the group, it just, hmm. If you have not experienced a strong move of the Holy Spirit in a corporate environment yet, Make it a goal. It is, um, it's exciting. It's a charged atmosphere that just, I don't know how to say it. It just, it excites you. Yeah, you just got to experience it. I'll tell you, um, Kenneth E. Hagan, he was one that would, would get that going. Uh, I've been in in services with uh, Keith Moore and with Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle. Trying to think of some of the other ones I've seen uh, in live, and and they just well, glory to God. I mean, there there are so many. Uh, Jeremy Pearson's Creflo Dollar, Dennis Burke. I'm trying not to miss any of these great these great ministers. You know, and and this is not excluding my own pastor, uh, Robert. I mean, just, but you get into this corporate environment, right? And you're bringing the anointing and the 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 praise and the worship that you've already done. You're bringing that energy in with you, that fire in with you, and you're adding it to. God doesn't do simple addition; He does multiplication. So he'll take yours times theirs times theirs times theirs times theirs. And if you got a hundred people in there, it can be really, really strong. And it's just alive. And it, it's something that needs to be experienced. Uh, and it's something that's part of revival. Guys, this is something that we should be experiencing in the body of Christ more often than not. Now, it's not that we are seeking weird experiences and that kind of thing. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is you focus on being prayed up, praised up, worshipped up. And when you go into your assembly with your organization and you have multiple people doing that, you're going to notice the energy change because it's going to be multiplied. So we need to be teaching, and this is something we need to be passing down to everybody, from the oldest to the youngest. We should be sharing and teaching about these experiences so that we can multiply it. Okay, That way God can take our one and multiply it. I hope that makes sense. I do recommend going through the Psalms. The Psalms are really good. Um, Kenneth E. Hagin's got a little book called In Him. I think it's a dollar ninety-five on the Rama website, and probably two something on Mardell's website. Uh, you can look for it on Thrift Books; they may have it there. And and 
it's a great little book because it'll walk you through all the in him, through him, and in because of him scriptures. So that you can start locking your identity into who you are in Jesus Christ. Because you're important. You are a vital piece of the body of Christ. And uh, we look forward to having you as a brother or a sister if you have not received Christ yet. And like I said earlier, hey, it's not complicated. Just repent. And all repent means is you're turning away from the the root that is taking you away from God, and you're turning back to God. And then you come in, and you just have a heart-to-heart with Jesus. Receive Him into your heart. Tell Him, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I believe you're the resurrected Christ, and I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. And, and welcome to the family. It's not complicated. Now, you can add a lot of words to it if you if you want to. If you feel good about it, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But for me, it's just simple. If you go through and you read about Saul of Tarsus and how Jesus hit him on the road to Damascus, Saul said, Lord, Lord, who art thou? And boom, he was saved. And so, uh, yeah. Glory to God. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And don't let anybody steal this from you. If it's in the Word of God, it's the truth. This world doesn't know what truth is. I'm sorry, but this world, especially now, after 50, 60, 70 years of uh, glorifying a half-baked Hollywood, come on. They haven't got a clue what reality is. And uh, that reality is nothing I want anything to do with. So, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Mm. Mm. Glory to God. He is good. And His mercy endures forever. Praise you, Jesus. Hey, this is and this is what I'm talking about. Here you go. You're the victor, not the victim. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're the righteousness of God by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord, that I'm above and not below. Mm. That is so good. I thank you, Lord, that I'm I'm the head and not the tail. Yeah, that I'm a joint heir in Christ. Praise you, Jesus. Mm. That I have a covenant sealed by the blood. Glory to God that I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb and I'm innocent. Praise you, Jesus. This is what I'm talking about, people. And you just get over into it and you have fun with it and you and you are going to enjoy it. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's a lot of podcasts in the archive. Go through, listen to them. Check out the uh, Neighborhoods page on the website, truepatriotministries.org. There's a comments page. You can go back there or a contact page and uh, reach out to us. Or you can grab us by email at reachout at truepatriotministries.org. And uh, I encourage you to do so. Okay. Right now we're, uh, you know, Facebook. We got off Facebook. Uh, Parlor, unfortunately, got taken out. And uh, so now we are on MeWe and we're on Gab. And uh, 
beginning to pick up quite the following on those two sites, and we appreciate it. But honestly, the best way to keep in touch, the best way to follow is through our website. And if you run a RSS feed app of any kind, then just punch us in there, truepatriotministries.org. Okay? You can, our homepage will, will pull up and you can follow us that way too if you want. But the webpage is the best way to do it. And then, uh, yeah, reach out to us. Uh, if I start doing videos and posting them on uh, Vimeo or Rumble, I'll let you know yeah, so that you can have access to those too. And uh, I enjoy doing this, folks. I, I don't do this for me. Um, this is This is something that the Lord's put on my heart, and that's why I do it. And honestly, a lot of what a lot of the content I get from him, you know, and I'm not just talking scripture. Uh, it, it's you get yourself to a position where you can hear from the Lord. Um, the Holy Spirit resides in you, okay, and and He can be your eyes and your ears, and and He'll witness with your spirit, and and you'll get things, and that's good. And so I count on the Lord and I count on the Holy Spirit to carry me through these things and uh, to add content. Because honestly, I don't get this much content out of the pages that I write. But uh, I love you guys. Jesus loves you. And and uh, good Lord, still get fire. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, He says, when He ascended on high, He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men.